everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of BAM Weekly. That's Boris and Matt Weekly. We're your hosts. I'm Boris. And as always, I'm joined by Matt. Bonjour! Hope everybody is well out there. How are you all doing? Screwed that one up a little bit, did it backwards, but that's all right, man. You know, uh, it's the spookiest season, Boris. We're nearing Halloween. Uh, have you been watching horror movies like, uh, like you do in this time of year? Yeah, I have been, actually. I have been here and there, here and there. Uh, still still want to watch the new Halloween movie, uh, Halloween yes. Kills. I, I still want to watch that. Um, I got, got a little sidetracked because I did end up watching Dune. So that was a thing. Oh, nice. Well, yeah, we should talk a little bit of Dune as we get into it. But yeah, uh, as always, thank you all for listening and uh, coming along for this here BAM sports entertainment ride. What do we got on the show today, buddy? Man, we have a very interesting show today. It's, I feel like we've retooled the show in the past 12 hours. Um, so, you yeah. know, it is the dark side of sports. We are going to be talking about a couple interesting subjects, including the Chicago Blackhawks, the Miami Dolphins. Then we're going to cheer ourselves up a little bit more. We're going to be talking some World Series, some NFL Week 8. And then in the wrestling side of things, again, we have had to retool a little bit just because of the huge bombshell news coming out of uh, Sinclair Broadcast Group about Ring of Honor. We're going to be talking about everything Ring of Honor. We're going to be reviewing Bound for Glory. And then the main event is going to be fun as Matt gets to make a list as he rates yeah. the top 10 Halloween Havoc matches, including NXT versions. Yes, yeah, we just saw NXT Halloween Havoc. We reviewed it over on the other show, NXT Talk. And uh, yeah, Boris, just a little fun gimmick to cheer things up because, yeah, sports and wrestling to some extent are a horror show right now. Yes. Uh, how bad is it that we we kind of have to turn to the wrestling business to cheer ourselves up in in uh, in lieu of these things that are happening in uh, hockey and football? Seems like wrestling is the least scummy of all. But even then, it's it, dark times for Ring of Honor. Yeah, man. It's kind of funny that you say wrestling not being too scummy right now. Um, you know, tonight's Dark Side of the Ring episode is the steroids trial. So let's let's see how you feel in about 12 hours. <laughs> oh, man. We're just pigs rolling around in dirt and mud on this year podcast today. But, man, that's uh, that's where we're at sometimes with these things. So, uh, yeah, it's it, I don't know where to even begin with, with you this. Know uh, begin, this you know where we begin. where we begin. We need to take a step back. Matt, yeah. how are you? How's your week? It's been a while since we've talked about Matt. Oh, well, thanks for asking, buddy. I'm well, hanging in there, working a lot. Uh, very busy with my actual job. Well, uh, my actual job at Operation Sports and my actual job working at uh, Sunward Hobbies, which is a very good little, uh, you know, art and craft and model store. It's a hobby shop. Uh, definitely check that out if you're so inclined. We ship all over North America. Anyway, Boris. Um, yeah, it's 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 been busy. But yeah, just as a sports fan, as a lifelong hockey fan, as someone who I never actually played like real organized hockey, but I played a ton of pond hockey my whole life growing up, like tons of like just loving the sport, watching it since I was a kid. It's, it's been a, it's been a tough day, uh, a tough couple days just to, you know, live in that fucking, <laughs> you know, just as a sports fan who watches Sports Center in Canada, it's, it's been impossible to get away from. Yeah, it's been crazy. Like it's just you know, and 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 it's just the unfortunate part of 
you know, winning titles and making money sometimes is more important than the other stuff. But we're going to get there in a little bit. Um, you know, it's just one of those weeks, man. It's been a very weird week. Um, it's been very gloomy here in Toronto all week. I think yeah. yesterday was nice and sunny, but outside of that, it's been gloomy as all hell. Yeah, it's weird. That's kind of why I, why I even brought it up again. Like, the mood is just, like, it's just a gloomy, rainy kind of couple days here. And just even everywhere you turn, uh, social media and TV kind of seems the same. How are you doing, though, friend? How are you okay. holding, holding up? I'm holding up. I'm holding up. Um, I'm busy. I'm, like, this week yeah. was the realization of I am busy. I am doing way too much sometimes. But, you know, I'm, I'm it, it keeps me going. Uh you know, keep on trucking, trucking, keeping on. Um, you know, it, but overall, I, I'm, I'm I'm handling everything well. Um, you know, still have a social life, which is to me at the end of the day the most important thing. Um, you know, through the pandemic, the one thing I really learned was that work-life balance. Right? Like, you know, if you if yeah. if you had if we had talked the way that we do now. You know, pre-pandemic, uh, things would be very, very different. Like, you know, you, you would, number one, you would never see me. I was always traveling. Um, number two, it's just like, you know, it was always work, 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 work. You know, it's all about the dollar. But now I'm kind of doing, you know, more podcasts, obviously, and, and, and other stuff. Like, dude, I'm even doing writing. Like, who, who, who would have ever thought that I do writing for Slam? wrestling you know it's it's crazy doing a lot more of that stuff and 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 obviously you know the whole work-life balance stuff is like well you know i've been trying very hard to maintain friendships and you know those those close those close relationships um you know they took a strain for a while when i was doing a lot of traveling but i've been trying very hard to to get back to it um i have a great group of friends i'm a fantastic group of friends you can't have buy or you can't have buy or whatever a better group of friends. It's just, it's and and yeah, I'm very appreciative of them of them and family too, right? Like I I felt like as I was doing a lot of traveling, um, you know, family kind of fell to the wayside. But here I am, man. Like I say, 2020, 2021 has really brought uh, you know, change in that sense and very happy, positive change. And I'm you know, still still moving forward with that. That's awesome to hear, man. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm glad to hear you say that, and I feel kind of the same way. I'm very blessed with friends and family. I, uh, yeah, I'm going back home to Sudbury actually next weekend to see some friends and family. It's been a while, been too long. I couldn't get back for Thanksgiving, so we're gonna do a little uh, late Thanksgiving. Uh, in between Canadian and American Thanksgiving, it'll be good to see uh, to see the family. Though I miss everybody, and yeah, we I, I do have like a tight knit group of friends who I see pretty often. So yeah. that's yeah, it definitely helps in these times for yeah, sure. Yeah, really man. does. Really does. Any Halloween plans? It is Halloween this weekend. We talked about it a little bit. Any plans for yeah. the Halloween? Not like specifically to like go out to a bar or something, but we might go check out a movie and then like go grab a drink or two on a patio, maybe like bring a costume and a backpack or something and see what happens. But there's no like, yeah, no like concrete plans. But uh, yeah, that, uh, what is it? One Night in Soho or Ruby Soho, whatever that new movie is. I think we might go check that out this weekend. It looks really cool. It looks really good, actually. I kind of want to... you know, I'm interested to see what you think about it. We tend to have similar tastes. So, yeah. you know, that'll be really cool. Um, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, so my f- friend, she is supposed to go out with some of her friends. Um, and then she said that, you know, we'll meet up after. And I'm like, you know, 
I'm, I'm gonna do my own thing but even then I'm kind of I kind of just want to chill um, but we'll see I, I know myself every, every single time I say I'm just gonna <laughs> chill you know I end up going on like a three-day bender so let's see what ends up happening <laughs> I've seen it before. Well, but hey, man, if we do end up at the same place and you want to come upstairs and grab a couple of drinks, you know, you're always welcome. But uh, yeah, that'll be uh, it'll, it'll be fun. We'll see. We'll see. Halloween is always good in the city, you know, and I feel like things with things being open more. It'll be a, it'll be a fun uh, weekend. Yeah. The, the unfortunate part is that Church Street isn't doing their usual street festival. Um, that's always a really fun time out there in the East End. But uh, yeah, outside of, outside of that, yeah, with bars kind of getting to capacity and whatnot. Um, I think uh, it's going to be a very interesting and fun weekend, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm, I was I was just thinking as I'm talking, thank God there is no dynamite on Saturday because I don't have to post anything on Sunday. Uh, did I tell <laughs> yeah. you what happened? Uh, no, not uh, – well, not specifically. I kind of know what you're talking about, but yeah. <laughs> so on uh, Saturday night, I ended up – uh, meeting with uh, with a friend and uh, nice. we ended up going to an after hours place and uh, just a bar regular bar not saying where don't want to get them in trouble so don't <laughs> even ask um, and uh, we ended up going back to her place at about like what I want to say 530 ish or so nice okay. something like that um, and then you at about, and then at about <laughs> Uh, what time was it? Like nine thirty. I look at the clock. I'm on my phone. I'm like, oh shit, you know, I gotta post dynamite. You see, isn't it funny? Like that's the thing that I think. <laughs> well, that's good though. Yeah. So <laughs> I said, so team. I send a message to uh to the group. Um, and uh, Jason's like, okay, I'll, I got it. I'll post it. It's all good. So it's, yeah. So it's just kind of funny, right? It's like, oh, just thank God there's no show on Saturday. And that's the one unfortunate part about. You know about that, so like you know, I kind of and now it's funny. I have a computer with the Patreon access in almost any place that I would be. So I have one at my parents' place. I have one at home, obviously. I have one scattered throughout the city now, <laughs> <laughs> in your various haunts. Yeah, and uh, the the basements of certain ladies all across the uh, great city of Toronto. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh yeah. So yeah. So that was that. Uh, but yeah, fun times. Oh, Anyways. so man, you know what? Glad, don't, glad that we got the uh, the great uh, old Fox Dynamite show up. Uh, you know, and uh, you gotta have a social life, buddy. You gotta have a life as well. So yeah, that's exactly it. At the end of the day, but yeah, you know what? We might as well turn to things that we need to talk about. We are Bam Sports and Entertainment weekly um kind of just you know the sh i love how the show name has just turned into bam weekly now but yeah anyways i think it's time to start talking a little bit about sports matt you were messaging me yesterday i watched bits and pieces this was very hard to watch let's talk about the chicago blackhawks yeah just just more than anything just an unbelievable amount of respect to, to uh kyle beach just the courage that it took for him to come out and do what he did and uh Hopefully this uh, represents some kind of change in hockey culture and sports to the, you know, greater extent there. The cultures need to be changed in a lot of these places, but hockey particularly, especially if you grew up in northern Ontario, kind of close to it. It's it's pretty gross. It's a pretty gross, like uh, just mindset in a lot of people, not all of them. Not everyone who plays hockey is, uh, you know, some kind of criminal, some kind of disgusting 
you know, whatever. But even like the comments by Jonathan Taze today felt a little like, oh, there's good people on both sides ish, you know, like it was just not what you want to see from somebody who we've been told for years and years is the ideal of what a hockey player should be in Canada to see like Jonathan Taves kind of come out and defend Chicago management at this moment also felt gross to see coach, uh, Q, uh, Quenville coaching for the Florida Panthers last night. Gross. Just felt gross. Like just step aside. I don't know, man. It's just, it's very, it's just a dark time for the NHL, but you know, kill it with sunlight, Boris. It's good that these things are coming out now and hopefully it prevents any situation like this from ever happening again in the national hockey league. But this should happen in 2010. It wasn't 1970. It wasn't the forties. We like, you would like to think we've learned enough and we should have known better by then. Right? Like, good Lord. Yep, exactly. But like I said at the top of the show, this is the unfortunate part. It was sometimes for some people, winning is more important than anything else. Yeah. And but it's just like, what's what's the win worth? What does it mean at this point? You at know what I mean? Point, because no one will ever no one will ever look at the Chicago Blackhawks 2010 Stanley Cup run the same again. That's no one exactly will. what I was going to say. Like at this point, there's an asterisk to that. Right. Like, you know, not the same situation whatsoever, but. You know, it's like the 2017 Houston Astros. There's an asterisk, an unofficial asterisk to that championship. It just, you know, it it happened, but things also happened. Exactly. Like, we'll always, anyone who knows will always know. You know what I mean? And that's just that. But, yeah, again, like, the the real story here is the courage of Kyle Beach and what he did. And like what he's been through that and like the trauma that he's got to live with for the rest of his life. And yeah, man, it's just like it just it's just crazy what uh, the sport of hockey has enabled. But hopefully it will no longer continue to enable these things and we'll see how the story plays out. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not really interested in, in like going like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. talking but- about the horrible negatives. Let's no. just like praise the uh praise the victim for doing what he did and, and just kind of like yep. hope that we can see better from this league. Yeah. And that's the, at the end of the day, you know, let's, I don't even want to talk about the possible fallout people losing their job, but what I hope comes out out of all of this is two things. Number one, the league and the teams are more responsible in reporting and talking about and f- getting to the core of these issues before, you know, we go a decade before hearing about it. That's number one. Number two, I hope it gives anyone, whether you are an athlete, whether you're a regular person, doesn't matter, have the courage to just come out and tell your story. More often than not, people just don't feel empowered enough to tell their stories. And I hope that, you know, seeing especially an athlete, a male athlete, come out and tell his story, hopefully that gives people, you know, some encouragement, some, some, some fire to come out and talk. And I feel like as a society, at the end of the day, we need to have these conversations, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And like, also, it's okay if you don't, if you have a terrible story that you don't feel like sharing, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to feel pressured to, but just, I feel like, like you said, like, we need to get to a point in a society where when people have these horrible things to say, we kind of like embrace them and give them the platform to do so and then act upon it in a way that actually makes the whole situation worth it right like the whole point of kyle beach coming out and doing this stuff is so 
hopefully like it will never happen again. Yeah. That's, that's the ideal, right? Like, so who knows? Uh, it, it's just, yeah, it's tough, man. It's yep. very, very tough. Yeah. And then, you know, let's, let's shift over from the NHL to the NFL, man. Oh man. So we have Deshaun Watson. He is the quarterback, was the quarterback, is the quarterback of the Houston Texans. And, you know, he has a few civil suits, 22 to be exact, uh, mostly about, say, you know, sexual conduct and whatnot. Um, and, uh, you know, none of it has been proven in court. It's all hearsay at this point. It's all allegations. But, you know, there are suits happening right now. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, there are suits. Now, the interesting part here is, you know, number one, Matt, I have a question for you. When when things like this come out, when, when you know, if, if like Deshaun Watson with 22 civil suits, tons of allegations, should he be allowed to play? I think no. I, I, th- I And I don't know exactly where you draw the line. Like if, you know, but 22 civil suits is, is uh, far past wherever that line is drawn. If it's one, if it's multiple, you know what I mean? I think we can all agree that, it makes no sense for him to play until that whole situation is, you know, it starts to have some kind of resolution, right? Yep. yep. And that's the thing, right? But no, he is still technically eligible to play. And he's even talked, being talked about and uh, used as, as trade bait at this point. And a team that's near and dear to our hearts, the Miami Dolphins, might make the, maybe the dumbest move in their history even worse than not getting drew Brees when they had the opportunity and they are most likely going to trade their quarterback tua to the texans for deshaun watson now as of yesterday um apparently both teams have agreed to compensation um they've agreed to the framework of the trade but Dolphins owner Stephen Ross says the number one sticking point right now is the legal issues, and he's hoping that these can be resolved before a trade is executed. Right. So that's why I don't think it's going to happen this year, because uh, the trade deadline is November 2nd. And as we record this, it is October 28th. So they have four days to rectify this uh, entire legal situation. Right. So I don't think he's going anywhere this year. But yeah, as you alluded to, the fact is that Deshaun Watson is not on the commissioner's exempt list, which is where basically you put like the criminals and like the people who are suspended and you know what I mean, like exempt from playing. He is eligible to play in the NFL. He could play tomorrow if you know what I mean. There, uh, I think Houston is holding him out. Is is he officially suspended by the Texans? I forget. Um, it doesn't. I matter. don't recall. Doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. The point is, he's he's technically allowed to play at this point. Exactly. So yeah, the the Dolphins apparently have the framework agreed. I really hope that this doesn't happen. I really hope that the Dolphins don't uh, become the team that trades for this guy. I don't want to cheer for the team that trades for this guy. It's just 22 civil suits is a lot. Like that doesn't feel like a fake made up story. It feels like this guy needs to kind of atone for it. And I don't know. We're going to see, man. We're going to see. Yeah. Yep, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's just it's just a crazy story. And again, I hope you know twenty two suits. Come on, guys. Anyways, let's stick with the NFL and let's talk about Week Eight of eighteen. 
It's crazy. It, it, it's funny because it's like the only reason I remember it's 18 is because I'm staring right at the number right now in front of me. I always forget that they've added that extra week here. Um, so, <laughs> you know, we today we are recording and it is Thursday. Um, so there is some Thursday night football and it is the Green Bay Packers versus the Arizona Cardinals. The perfect undefeated Arizona Cardinals. Going against the 6-1 and one Green Bay Packers. That's a really good game. That's arguably the game of the week there here on Thursday night, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, it's it's not the strongest week outside of that game, but there are a couple big games. I would say for sure this is the highlight. I'm going to be checking this one out. Who do you like? Do you think the Packers can pull it off? No, I think the Cardinals are going to take it. I think the Cardinals are overall going to take it. But Aaron Rodgers right now is just so hot right now. It's crazy. Um, and it's funny because, you know, after week one, everyone was already writing him off saying, oh, he's giving up yeah. on the team. It's like, come on, guys. Come on. Meanwhile, everyone's yeah, like I, still praising Mr. Roethlisberger. <laughs> I don't know how many people are still praising Ben at this point, but no, I feel you on the rest. Ben, I uh, I definitely learned my lesson last year writing off Aaron Rodgers because I thought he was done and then he won the MVP. So here we are. Uh, Rodgers, I think I'll bet you like a, like a can of beer or a can of Coke or something on this one. I think the Packers will hand the Cardinals their first loss tonight. They'll both go to 7-1. All right, this is what the bet is. We're going to go to a bar soon now that things are opening up, now that you're double-vaxxed. I'm going for the Cardinals. You're going for the Packers. Loser buys a pint. Deal. Awesome. You heard it here, listeners. No one can back out of this one. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so Dolphins play the Bills. I'm sure we're going to get destroyed there. Uh, <laughs> that'll be crazy. There's a lot of blowouts. Like, the Rams should blow out the Texans. I honestly think the Browns could blow out the Steelers. Actually, that one's close because the Browns are so beat up. Uh, Buccaneers should blow out the Saints, God bless them. Uh, you know what I mean? It's it's kind of a one-sided squash matchy week yeah, here in the NFL. Yeah, it really is. It really is. You know, your Monday nighter is Chiefs-Giants. Um, Giants has, has that one. I don't know, man. It's crazy. Who would have thought that Patrick Mahomes get figured out so quickly? I, I think it's – they could pivot – Patrick Mahomes, can. he might be back. I don't think his career's no. over. You know what I mean? But it's it's definitely a down year for the Chiefs. You can't well, argue that. Can't deny no, it anymore. For sure. I don't they're not making it to the to the conference finals, that's for sure. Um, you know, and, and and you know, I think that it's part Patrick Mahomes is being figured out, you know, but like you say, he can pivot, but there's the distraction of his family. Uh, it's, it's yeah man it's tough but you know what he's not the only athlete to deal with these distractions of course uh it's it's not an excuse but it might be a partial explanation right yeah, yeah agreed agreed 100 percent um you know what team desperately needs their quarterback back asap who the seahawks Oh, my God. Uh, great call. Although they should be able to beat the Tony Khan-led Jacksonville Jaguars at home in Seattle. Uh, but I agree, man. Geno Smith does not exactly inspire confidence. Yep. Um, you know what my big upset of the week, I think, is going to be? And it's not even an upset. It's more of, finally, I think the Detroit Lions are going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Boris's big shoe of the week, Detroit. Getting the, the that would be their first win, no? Yep, yeah, it would be their first win. Yeah. Oh, the Eagles are not looking too great. This might be the time to strike, man. I don't know though. The Lions are looking like one in one in sixteen this year kind of team. They're not. Maybe they'll prove me wrong and go on a run, but uh, ugh, looks like they're feeling the season from hell, as they say. Yep. 
And then the New England Patriots, can they get back to 500-4-4? They are facing the Los Angeles Chargers. What do you think, Matt? That's actually really good. That's probably the marquee game of the the afternoon slate. That's 4 o'clock Eastern. That's a fun one. There's going to be a lot of Patriots fans there in Los Angeles. I, 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 I think the Pats might win that one. I think it might surprise you, Boris. I think so, too. Um, and then the other, uh, you know, the Sunday night game is the Cowboys versus the Minnesota Vikings. My God, I always forget how intolerable those Cowboy fans are. <laughs> how could you? They're so, uh, yeah, they're so intolerable and there's so many of them. Yeah. But, uh yeah, this is the uh, this is the Diggs Bowl, right? Actually, no, Diggs plays for uh, Diggs plays for uh, Buffalo now. But although Diggs' brother uh, Trevon can get some revenge on the Minnesota team for his brother. Yep, yep, man, it's gonna it's a good week, week eight. Any any final thoughts before we move on to some baseball? Um, no, that's that's pretty much it. 49ers versus Bears. You know, both teams have fallen drastically when such a marquee matchup in the NFC doesn't really warrant a second thought. Exactly. Exactly. All right. World Series. The World Series, as it stands today, Thursday, October 28th, 2021, it's tied 1-1. And it's crazy because, like, you know, after game one, Atlanta Braves won 6-2. You thought that, you know, this could be it. But, of course... Astros just returned the favor the next night. And what was it, 7-2? Yeah, exactly. Blowout versus blowout. But, man, we have to talk about Charlie Morton. Threw, what was it, 15, 16 pitches on a broken leg and apologized to his teammates after for breaking his leg. Like, bro, no, no, no. Like, you come on. But, like, that's, that's some, that's, like, when we talk about, like, the, the, the beauty of sports, I feel like that's kind of... That's kind of what we mean, you know what I mean? Like just the uh, the ability to persevere through such incredible like uh, circumstance. I don't know. Like, oh my god, there's only one person in this entire world that has went up on him. Who's that? Kurt Angle won a gold <laughs> medal with a broken freaking neck. That's a good call. Uh, that's a very good call. Uh, Kurt Angle, yeah. He he can pass Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton uh, on the on the Kurt Angle Mount Rushmore though he's right there beside yeah. him. Yep, yeah, 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 dude. I can't believe that. Like when I read that, it's just like it's absolutely insane. How like how how do you pitch? And it's his speed didn't change as with a broken leg. It's crazy. It is it is insane. It, it makes you wonder kind of if, if he's doing the right thing wind-up wise. I guess he is, but you think he can maybe get more power if it doesn't change with a broken leg. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, crazy, man. Just absolutely crazy. Hats off to him. And I certainly am cheering for the Atlanta Braves hard. I really hope they pull this off, especially without Okuna. It would be such a huge story. Man, former Jays GM Alex Anthopoulos winning the ring that he deserved in Toronto. Winning the ring he deserved in L.A. in 2017. <laughs> there you go. And, you know, the beauty thing there is that if he were to get a ring, it would be against the Houston Astros. And I think that's a beautiful story because, um, you know, you see the Full team circle. that he's built out there in in, in Atlanta. Um, even though he, he didn't, you know, plant the seeds, he was given a very good young team and he went with it. Right. Like and it's kind of funny when you see the parallels of Toronto and Atlanta. Oh, a million percent. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So much yeah. so. So much so that within the next three years, we're going to get a Toronto-Atlanta rematch. 
There it is. The World Series rematch. I'm, uh, I hope so, man. That would be so awesome. Acuna versus uh, Vlad doing their thing. Uh, hopefully Soroka get back, stay on, uh, stay on the Atlanta roster. We could have a Canadian pitcher pitching in Canada against the Jays, but oh well. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. So any, any other sports you want to talk about before we move on to wrestling? Uh, no, I think that pretty well covers it. Raptors, Scotty Barnes looking decent. Uh, the NBA season is still very, very young. We'll talk about that more in detail as it goes on. Yeah, it's a rough it's a rough week for uh for sports fans of all uh kinds, especially uh, in Canada. Just unless yeah. you're a Flames fan. Yeah, <laughs> the Calgary Flames are looking pretty good. That's true. <laughs> there you go. Um and yeah, you see this week started off rough with for me because like I told you, I didn't get home until like midday Sunday and I was so lucky not to watch the arse whooping that Liverpool gave my United. Oof. Yeah, we need to talk a little more EPL. That's definitely something. That's a blind spot for me. You're more of a football, more of a soccer man than I, Boris. Yep. But we will save that for another day. Um, we are going to move on to the wrestling. And we're going to start with Bound for Glory. It's hilarious because I was thinking of ending the show originally with Bound for Glory. But just with so much happening, I think we should start with Bound for Glory. So... It was a hell of a show. A lot of, lot of, lot of thoughts. A lot of interesting opinions coming out of this show. We'll talk about that when we talk about the main event. But let's start with the pre-show. Uh, we got a ton of video packages for the pay-per-view. Um, the first video package was for the Knockout Championship, which is Deanna Perrazzo, Mickey James. Uh, we get interviews and more video package for the Impact World Championship match, which featured Christian Cage defending against Josh Alexander. Uh, match Striker and D'Lo Brown welcome fans to Las Vegas. Awesome Kong was then inducted into the Impact Hall of Fame by Gail Kim. Um, you know, pretty decent speeches it was nice um you know you, 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 you we have to always remember like the part in the pun impact the knockouts oh, oh. division had for women's wrestling like you know absolutely like it doesn't get enough credit pioneer of women's wrestling does not get enough credit for the work that it did. I, I would agree. It is a pioneer, especially in North America, for like putting really good uh high high class women's wrestling on a national television scale and, and pushing people because they're good at wrestling not because of their looks or, or what and have that's you. exactly it right like you know um you, we had wrestlers of all shapes and sizes and impact in the knockout division whereas at the same time wwe you had boobs blonde hair or brunettes right like yeah it, it was the uh, kelly kelly era Basically, as the the height of Gail Kim and Awesome Kong was going on. So. Exactly. The one thing to note is that Gail Kim did say Awesome Kong inspired and opened the door for today's generation. Um, and that is truer words cannot be said, right? Like, again, we just said it. We had female wrestlers of all shapes and sizes as opposed to the competition at that point. So Awesome Kong comes out. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Gil Kim. Uh, thanks to producer Scott Damore and Dutch Mantel. Uh, thanks her husband. She basically just thanks everyone. And, she, you know, she says, uh, you know, that, that she's feels satisfied with the work that she's put in into the knockouts division. 
That's really nice. It was uh, it was so awesome to see their little segment on NWA Power or sorry NWA seventy three a couple months ago. Um, and yeah, it was uh, not not seventy three the women's show. Anyway, they, I, I'm really glad that they're finally getting their due, Boris. Awesome Kong really deserves this. And, you know, Gail Kim deserves her uh, moment in the sun as well. I agree 100%. All right, then it was time for the Impact Digital Media Championship. Again, I really don't understand this belt. I still think that there is no room for another singles belt. Um, And I'll be 100% honest, I was not into this match as it featured both men and women in the same ring. And typically speaking, I'm not a fan of this. Um, Just, you know, it's just I can't remove myself from that reality uh anyways this match features john schuyler crazy steve fall jordan grace chelsea green madison rain who um was put in to replace daniel dashwood yeah i 100 percent agree with you on intergender wrestling uh i don't want to sit on the soapbox we've done a lot of soapboxing on this podcast already boris but what i will say is if you if you find something out if you find something in intergender wrestling if you get something out of it if you like it that's fine i think it's white trash hillbilly nonsense and i don't want to watch it so if you're telling me this is an inter intergender title that's great good for everyone who's a fan of it i don't want to see it yep at the end of the day, I feel the same, and, um, but you know, I'm not gonna knock it if you like it, right? Like it's it's everyone has this is the beauty of wrestling. There's something in it for everyone, even on the same show, um, you know. And yeah. I will never knock anything because you know it's 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 all wrestling, man. It's all wrestling. It's all fake. Anyways, exactly. These are these are performers who agree to things backstage, who plan these spots out. But yeah, it's just not for me. I just it's simulated violence between a man and a woman, and also the women rarely win, often get punched in the face. Just terrible. Although Boris, a woman did win this match, and you're right because Jordan Grace did win by pinfall to win the Impact Digital Media Championship. Overall, this match was okay. You know, the, there was talent. Jordan Grace is is awesome, uh, and 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 you know, congrats to her for for winning the championship, being the first winner. Um, but overall, I'm gonna have to Mendoza line, or just, you know what? I'm gonna go right above the Mendoza. I'm gonna give this three TNAs out of five. Nice, sixty percent, Sunny Siaki percentage, Boris. That's good. Uh, yeah, as I said, I'm not going to watch a second of this title, but if you're into the intergender thing, no judgment. That's cool. It's, it's probably not as serious as I'm acting. It's pro wrestling after all, Boris. Exactly. All right. Second match of the night was for the impact knockouts tag team championship as your champions havoc and Rosemary went up against the inspiration Cassie Lee, Jesse McKay, formerly known as the Iconics, the people who you got fired from WWE. <laughs> you keep saying that, but it doesn't make it true, Boris. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see them landing on their feet back in the wrestling business. I, I'm so shocked that WWE uh, fired these girls because they have so much to offer. And they're like, I think they're perfectly suited for the WWE system. I don't see the release at all. I don't get it, but uh, they're landing on their feet and that's great. Yep, exactly. Crazy times, man. It's just honestly absolutely insane. But, uh, you know, the match overall was pretty good. Um, you know, it's, it's you know, they're limited. The inspiration are limited. But 
they again were able to work well with Havoc and Rosemary. Havoc and Rosemary, awesome, just awesome in ring. Um, and unfortunately, or fortunately, however way you want to look at it, this match was probably booked properly. Inspiration comes in, tons of hype, tons of attention, give them the belts. And that's exactly what happened. So the inspiration won via pinfall to win the Impact Knockout Tag Team Championship. Nice. I, I think this is absolutely the correct decision. Um, yeah, I look forward to seeing what they do. Hopefully they break into it now and kind of figure out uh, the in-ring stuff a little more. They need to. I think they need to become better wrestlers in the ring. But character-wise, they're some of the best in all of wrestling. So yep. they have that down, and that's harder to teach. Yep. All right. I'm gonna have to give this match three and a quarter TNAs out of five. Nice three and a quarter. The rarely seen sixty-five percent. Uh, let's go with Michael Bentley percentage. Love it. Uh, backstage, your Impact Knockouts champion, Deanna Perrazzo, talks about tonight's match. Perrazzo says it's been Mickey James who has been jumping her, beating her up, and when they bring the fight to her, she gets punished. It's noted the Drama King is banned from ringside for tonight's match. The Drama King. Oh, boy. It also was Matt Bentley, not Michael Bentley. Apologies, Boris. All right. That's all right. Good. All right. The next match <laughs> was... An awesome match for the vacant Impact X Division Championship as Trey Miguel, your missing must-see kid, goes up against Steve Macklin, goes up against El Fantasmo. How do you feel about this Trey Miguel? Do you think that he made the right decision staying in Impact Wrestling, Boris? Oh, he's getting cheered, so that's that's step one. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like we were quick to say, like, oh, like, why did he stay? Like, he should have went to NXT. But as it's shaking down, maybe Trey Miguel made the right decision. Right? At the end of the day, maybe he did. You know, if this was still uh, Uncle H's NXT, I would 100% say he, you know, why? I question why. But, you know, the wing, the way things are shaking out, the way things are looking, you know, you don't know what the plans are for MSK. Are they going to be NXT for lifers? Are they going to ever move up? Do they fit the system that they have now? You know, you just don't know. So, you know, it's um, the unfortunate part that, uh, yeah, who knows? But this match, I match think... of the night, match of the night, 100%. Ooh. Awesome. Ooh. Fantastic match. Love this. X Division, honestly, even my birds, can you hear them? They're loving every second of this. Um <laughs> Why going out? Uh, but yeah, no, I absolutely just loved, uh, just loved this match. It was so good. Trey Miguel, awesome. This is probably Steve Macklin's best match. You know, you didn't really see him too much in WWE. You probably saw him more in NXT. But even then, it was very limited, right? And they got the call up really fast. El Fantasmo, really good, really fun. And Trey Miguel is your new X Division champion. Yeah, Steve Macklin, the former Forgotten Son. A little bit of a strange choice to be in this X-Division match, I feel like, Boris. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm glad it sounded good. I, I will. I will. I have not watched the show. I wanted to check uh, out the main event. I still will. I'm going to check out this match, too, now that it's gotten the Boris thumbs up. We got the Boris thumbs up, and the, I'll talk about the main event when the time comes, to, comes time for it. Um, but I'm going to have to give this match four. TNAs for Jeff Jarrett slap nuts out of five. 
<laughs> it's an 80% here on BAM. That is a great match. Match of the year contender if you're making like a top 100 list, that is. But it's on the list, Boris. It's a contender, perhaps. We'll definitely check that one out. Watch this match, and, you know, it might have to make your top 121 of 21. Very good. Can't right. wait to see it. Backstage, Mickey James says Diana Peraza might be the one of the might be one of the best in the world right now. Uh, but she has made things personal. She didn't appreciate Peraza showing up to her home. James says tonight is a huge deal because she wants to show she's still worthy of being champion. Awesome. I I need to see more of her on the microphone. I feel like I, I, she can still bring the thunder. You know. Yep. All right, Violent by Design breaks or, or you know, goes at it. Here we go. Um, it was Heath and a mystery partner versus Violent by Design, Joe Doring and Diener with Eric Young. To no one's surprise, Rhino was Heath's partner. Um, this match was exactly what you would think from, from these guys. It was just a big hoss. You know, Joe Doring and Rhino. I want to see these guys just go at it all the time. Nice. Um, Rhino Heath and Heath won via pinfall But, you know, it was your typical match It was honestly your typical tag match I'm going to have to Mendoza line this one Two and a half uh, uh, TNAs out of five Nice, nice, yes uh, 50% amazing red percentage Boris, I am, uh, I'm kind of shocked that they kept Heath and Rhino together I say it every time I they come up on this podcast But of all the teams, you know, I'm surprised that they're still doing their thing I But know. hey, it's I, I guess it's working Yeah, man, after the match they, Yeah, after the match they hug And the peasants rejoice Uh, backstage, Jordan Grace talks about winning the Impact Digital Media Championship. Uh, she says she's happy to make history being the first champion and the Triple Crown Knockout Champion. She then pumps up Rachel Ellering for her upcoming Call Your Shot gauntlet match. Moose and W. Morrissey stroll up, and Moose says he doesn't know how she thinks she'll win when they are in the match. Hollywood Moose Hogan making big moves at the end of the show. Yep, yep. All right. It is time for Call Your Shot Gauntlet match. The winner receives a future title shot of their choosing within the calendar year. So it's basically money in the bank um, type thing. All right. So this match, this match was a thing. I'm just going to, you know, there's a, it happened. The demon showed up, you know, need I say more? <laughs> I think that pretty well covers it, buddy. It was a Royal Rumble thing full of wackiness. Yep. Uh, Moose won. Uh, so, essentially, at the end of the match, uh, their final four were Rich Swan, Matt Cardona, Moose, and Morrissey. Um, Moose uh, ended up winning this match. Him and Car Matt Cardona were the last two people. Once it was the last two, they had an actual match, and Moose ended up winning. Huh. Well, there it is. Moose uh, gets a totally played out concept, a money in the bank thing. Boris, this thing jumped the shark like five or six years ago, but now like NXT is doing it. Impact is doing it. I think we're, we've had our fill of money in the bank gimmicks here in wrestling. Yep. AEW does it, except it's not like a money in the bank per se. It's not a briefcase, right? Anyways. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Like a, a number one contender down the road is fine, but like the, 
I can cash this in anytime I want on a downed opponent. It's just not as exciting as as bookers and writers think it is anymore. Yeah. It's very cliche at this point. Well, yeah. Anyways, so the next match was for your Impact World Tag Team Championship as your champions, the Good Brothers, went up against Finn Juice, went up against Bullet Club, Chris Bay, and Hikaleo. Triple threat tag team match featuring the Good Brothers. Oh, before I move on, the 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 um, the rating for the Call Your Shot match, I'm going to have to give this one a two and a half just because it just really wasn't that good of a, of a, of a battle royal. And then the Matt Cardona and Moose just, just, just happened. Um, so, yeah. So, this match was your typical Good Brothers match. It was what it was. It was your typical Bullet Club match. It was what it was. Good Brothers won via pinfall. Nothing special. It was all right. I'm going to have to give this one three impacts out of five. That's a solid rating still from you. 60% K-Crush percentage, Boris. Yep. And then we got a promo. Minoru Suzuki is coming soon to Impact. All right. That, that'll help wake the show up a little bit. Although, are we oversaturated on Minoru Suzuki, Boris? Is it too much Minoru, or is it still the right amount? I think it's the right amount because, you know, he did his tour, and now he's gone. He did his tapings. Now he's gone. Um, I don't know how many matches he ended up having. I know he did face Josh Alexander. If that's his only match on Impact, cool. I 100% agree with you, buddy. Yep. Um, all right, so it's the time for the two main events of the night. The first one being Deanna Perrazzo, your Knockouts champion versus Mickey James. This is when the show went from, you know, pretty good to impact TNA booking. Yeah, so uh, mildly puzzling, puzzling decisions here, although I do see the logic behind this one specifically. I understand what they're doing here. All right. Pencil that. Um, so this match was honestly really good. Mickey James still has it. Deanna Perrazzo, honestly, in my opinion, one of the best performers in the world, period. She is so good. She is so good. NXT has no idea what they lost when they got rid of her. Um, you know, she's just so freaking talented, so freaking technical. Um, you know, she's so good at what she does. And Mickey James still has it. And these two have had great chemistry together. I really, really like this match. Mickey James ended up winning, which puzzled a lot of people, me included. Matt, justify this for, for us. Well, they still need to tell the story that Mickey James is a huge star. It's more of like a you still got it thing. And I'm sure she's not going to go on a long run. It's going to be something of a transition. Uh, hopefully back to Deanna. We'll see. I think that there's a chance that Deanna Perrazzo is going to do more outside work here, Boris. I think she's maybe going to dip her toes into AEW. Maybe you're going to see her more in AAA. And I think that's part of the reason why they've taken the title off. Well, she's it's funny that you say that places. because there are rumors, rumors and innuendo, that the forbidden door between AEW and Impact is closed after Bound for Glory. Interesting closed so there's just gonna be no more at all like switching back and forth and to and fro yep were the good brothers on impact last night that's a question that i cannot answer Boris. oh yeah you yeah you were out for the for the night but yeah the answer was no um so yeah um yeah so so we'll see i i i agree with you you know i agree with you in the sense that i do see 
the story there. I just don't think that it was the right decision at the end of the day. But you know what? I will give it time and we'll let it play out. But my initial reaction was very negative. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was what it was. But the match was still fantastic. I'm going to have to give this one four knockouts Ooh. out of five. A great match here at BAM. It is an 80% Miss TNA Taylor Vaughn percentage, Boris. Yep. No, that's an insult to these two great wrestlers. <laughs> All right. Main event of the night. Christian Cage, Josh Alexander, Impact World Championship. The storytelling leading into this match was just absolutely amazing. Um, I really enjoyed this. So at this point, you know, we got a lot of recaps. We got a lot of highlights. We got a lot of, a lot of, you know, it felt like watching a WWE product. At the time, it bothered me because I'm like, okay, I know what's going on. I watched the road to the Bound for Glory, right? Like I, I know the stories at this point. But I'm putting my my, um, my my Booker hat on. Not Booker T, just Booker. Um, and, <laughs> okay. and, and that is essentially Bound for Glory. Impact has this thing where they somehow manage to get a lot of goodwill at a pay-per-view, a lot of eyes at the pay-per-views. They have more often than not solid pay-per-views, you know. So a lot of these uh, recaps and whatnot are good because it at least tells you what you've missed since essentially the last time that you watch the show. Right. That, that I can, you know, totally understand, but do they, you can still do it too much, you know, do yes. they do it way too much? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So, so I don't, I don't, th I think they did do it too much, but you know, I'm just going to let it slide this one time. Anyways, Christian Cage, Josh Alexander, Probably one of the best stories in all of wrestling. This and the Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar story just are dominating in terms of actual storytelling, actual week to week. Um, you know, just letting play, letting things play out. I I was so invested in this match. You know, we have Josh Alexander as we spoke with Bob Kapoor. You know, this was Josh Alexander's. You know, his his crowning ceremony through adversity. Through not being able to work in the USA, through nasty injuries, through essentially almost giving up on pro wrestling, to moving to Impact, to wrestling full-time, to winning the Impact Championship against Christian Cage in a phenomenal match. So much so, I'm going to have to give also give this one a 4 Impact rating. Nice. Four shark boys, Boris, out of five. That's awesome, man. I definitely, I, I haven't had time to check this one out yet, but I cannot wait to watch this match, especially hearing you rate it so highly. How could you not love Josh Alexander, man? You just, well put, you just went through his entire story. Like, just Canada's own hardworking guy, stuck with it, and he rose to the top briefly. Yep, the cream of the crop. He really was the cream <laughs> of the crop. Um, briefly. Briefly. So, post-match, <laughs> Christian gives Josh Alexander the title. They hug. Uh, Christian heads out, gives the ring to Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander celebrates with his wife and son. And this is when Moose pulls an edge, comes out to the ring, cashes in his opportunity. Uh, Josh Alexander removes his family out of the way. Moose spears him. 
and that is it. He gets the one, two, three, and your new Impact World Champion is Moose. I like this story, too, on paper, Boris. I'm not watching Impact every week. I didn't even watch this show, so I don't quite know how it looked. But on paper, you're telling me that this guy finally wins his world title and then loses it on some bullshit technicality while he's trying to shield his family? I don't think it hurts Josh Alexander that much. It just kind of sucks that that's the big takeaway here. It's not Josh Alexander's crowning moment. It's all they kind of fuck Josh Alexander, right? Yeah, here's the thing, man. If this was just a regular match where Josh Alexander won the belt and moves cash in, that's cool. But just to build up the story, everything about this. Dude, you know what this was? This was the equivalent of WrestleMania 12. Boyhood dream, childhood dream, Shawn Michaels finally winning and realizing his dream and Hulk Hogan coming out and beating him. Yeah, it's like if they if they WrestleMania 9, WrestleMania 12. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> um, yeah, man, but like you could argue that the, that would that's what makes it good. That makes it much better. They that's the twist on it. That's like they, to do it now at this time. But also, I'm not arguing that because yeah. I didn't see. That. I, I know, would just say that is the devil's advocate take. You know, if you look at it from a wrestling booking point of view, where you book to get a raw emotion out of your fans, boy oh boy, did they book perfectly then. But you know, from a simply from a you know feel-good moment we don't have many feel-good moments anymore in this world in wrestling in impact and you do this especially in impact how often do you have a feel-good moment that the entire wrestling world is watching you and they screwed it up that's interesting so yeah so you do think that they screwed it up you would say that they kind of botched this like you didn't like it i would have rather that exact angle happen on the tapings for 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 impact tv show tonight and i would have been fine it's the fact that it happened literally the night that he won the championship the night he got his crowning moment the night he he got through all of adversity and became world champion i feel you i understand and again like uh, that's what they were going for but maybe maybe it was the wrong decision maybe it took away from the overall presentation of the show it didn't need that extra hat on top of this hat yeah exactly it's just um it's just one of the craziest things i don't know it is what it is at the end of the day um am i going to watch impact probably not i'm done with impact for a little bit at least until their next pay-per-view more than likely Oh, fair enough. Well, that might be the end of Impact coverage here on BAM for a while, because I promise you, buddy, I'm not going to be sitting down watching the TV show too often, but that's all right. We'll see uh, where they're at in a couple months. Exactly. Yeah, we'll watch it here and there. We'll talk about it here and there, but it won't be as in-depth as it was. Again, you know, pay-per-views, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk probably uh, the Impact TV go-home shows and stuff like that. Unless people want us to watch it, then I'll watch it. It is, you know, I'll watch it for the people. <laughs> that's good boris let it not be said that you are not a man of the people exactly all right speaking of stuff for the people are we ready to talk about some ring of honor let's do it buddy this is mostly your uh jurisdiction although i i will add because i've been reading a lot about this story i think uh pretty caught up to date on it so yeah so essentially yesterday afternoon Minding my own business, getting ready to uh, to have a few adult beverages later on in the evening, and I 
got a Twitter notification from Ring of Honor, opened it up, read the statement, and it was just a statement. And essentially, it read that at final battle, after final battle, you know, Ring of Honor is going to cease operations for the first quarter of 2022, and they will be back for Supercard of, Super of Honor in April, which is typically held during WrestleMania weekend. To me, this rang and, and read really interesting because they said that they're going to essentially retool and come back with a with a fan-focused show. Yes, but... There is a there's a pretty strong chance that they don't come back at all. Now, we don't know that for sure. I do kind of think that they will return, but Boris, it's at least in play. So, we got that statement. Everyone's wondering, what the hell's going on? The other thing that rang really interesting for me was the fact that they just so ho-hum are skipping their 20th anniversary. That's a Yeah, exactly. That seems like you're just leaving... A big gate on the table there, you know? Yep. It seemed like even you'd figure that out. You'd at least do that show. All right, so the statement comes out. People are starting to talk about it. The internet is a buzzing, and then you start seeing some talent, and the first person who I saw tweet was Quinn McKay. Everybody loves Quinn McKay, and she essentially said, I am now accepting bookings. Yeah, so there we go. So, uh, what... As I, I, I guess everyone in Ring of Honor is free to do whatever they want, and they will be officially released from their deals as of 2022. Yeah. So here's the here's what's going on. Sean Ross Sapp, a fightful, he tweeted out a little more clarity on the situation. He said that Joe Coff told talent that multiple meetings were held trying to fight for Ring of Honor, but. Sinclair Broadcasting Group made the final call. He also noted that they were told they would there would be some type of TV show that would begin after Final Battle, but they're not exactly sure what it's going to be, who's it's going to involve, etc. Um, Sap did note that he was told all releases. So later, it was confirmed that every single person under contract of Ring Honor was released. So he was, uh, Sap was told that all releases are effective as of the end of the year, and that if a contract goes beyond that, then the talent would be paid until March 31st. Talents also were told that if they wanted to work elsewhere, they need to go to Greg Gilland and they would work out a deal for them. Very interesting. So it kind of feels like this thing is on life support to some extent here. Like uh, now, Boris, and again, this might be something that you uh, might know a little bit more about just coming from the whole it's canon background and stuff, buddy. Isn't this directly tied to Sinclair losing a lot of money in some kind of hacking situation that has happened over the last week? Yeah. So Sinclair Broadcasting Group has lost a shit ton of money. They are really hurting right now. They've been hurting for a while, um, and, and and things aren't really looking good for them at the end of the day. Um, you know, things are really, really tough for them right now. Um, but, you know, and, and unfortunately, unfortunately, their wrestling company was just not important. Um, they did get hit by ransomware attack, um, you know, and, and, and you know, it, it, 
and it was linked to a Russian website, a Russian hacker group, and yeah, they were extorted for a shit ton of money. Um, and it hit their stations pretty hard. Uh, some stations went offline. It was a very, very interesting week for for Sinclair Group. So I'm sure that that didn't help. But I wouldn't be surprised if you know the the whole pandemic didn't play a major role in this. Just remember, Ring of Honor has only held pay per views with fans. They essentially went off the air and dark from March up until October, November of last year and then it was like touch and go um they never went to full capacity they only had minimum minimum capacity fans at the ecw arena um you know they how can you not be hemorrhaging money they're paying everyone uh what they were owed contractually they were paying their employees they didn't get rid of anyone so you know things were just uh really tough for them and between you know a, a major uh conglomerate like this you know, once you start hemorrhaging money, you're going to get the cut. And in my opinion, that's exactly what's happening. So I believe that between now and the end of Q1, in my most humble opinion, I don't have any any sources for this. I don't have any confirmation, but my heart says that they are looking for buyers. Yeah, I think that Ring of Honor will live on because it it will be bought and i don't know for how much and i don't know by who but you've said this before the uh the tape library of ring of honor i think is what is most valuable that's cm punk brian danielson samoa joe having classic matches in their formative years of wrestling like wwe can do a lot with that aew can do a lot with that billy corgan could do a lot with that. Anyone with some money in their pockets should take a real long, hard look at that Ring of Honor video library because I think that could be a money maker for uh, especially Tony Khan because he wants to build up the AEW library. As That's exactly saying. it. All right, so I did write an article for SlamWrestling.net that should be up by the time that you're listening to this, um, and in it, I kind of, I kind of gloss over the fact, you know, everyone's going to talk about WWE, everyone's going to talk about AEW, you know, those are the first two options when you think about, you know, them buying the tape library, and I do, you know, in my article, I did gloss over AEW, but you brought up a fantastic point and that is um you know tony khan wants to build that tape library he wants to get that content he wants to get that background you know we don't know what their plans are for a network type thing um so you know it's 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 it the, the tape library is the most um you know it's the their biggest asset for lack of a better term so AEW for sure in my opinion would would probably buy that but in my article i talk about the little engines that could court bauer and mlw wouldn't that be an interesting? Court Bauer said many times that MLW is running in the black, and you know I, I'm not saying that uh, this is a cheap purchase like a WCW was in back in two, 2001. But you know, if possible, I can see Court Bauer at least making an attempt to get this. You know, Major League Wrestling wants to have that real uh, sports feel, and it would it would be interesting to kind of get Ring of Honor in that fold. You know. Traditionally speaking, NWA is another great option. You have Billy Corgan and his group, um, and and you know the the NWA is all about honor and tradition. How about we just get Ring of Honor? Can you imagine watching a pure, um, a pure championship match in an NWA ring? That'd be really interesting. That'd be a really cool idea. Also, man, what about 
about IWTV, the independent wrestling Netflix service? What if they scooped up the Ring of Honor library and just loaded that service full of Ring of Honor shows? Uh, we already we already split uh, on that one here at BAM just to watch a couple of indie matches when they're important, such as Carino versus Carino. Yep. But uh, Man, you know, I would be way more apt to watch way more IWTV. I would check out some of those old Ring of Honor shows instantly if it was on a service. Even New Japan World, man. There's a chance that New Japan could get in there and maybe try to make a purchase. Although I don't know nearly enough about their business uh, side of things to make that call. Yeah, agreed. But like that, that to me, like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with their OTT service, um, you know, their Honor Club uh uh, um, internet service, their, their content provider. So, you know, I don't know exactly what's going to happen there, but, you know, they already have the background, the infrastructure set up somewhere. I don't know what the deal is and who owns that infrastructure, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And times are very interesting. The other option is that, you know, somebody buys ROH or even the Sinclair Group continues with ROH. Um, and in April, they come back, but what I truly think is going to happen is that it's going to become more of a, um, a GCW type of promotion, um, you know, an NWA type of promotion where you get shows online on Fight, YouTube, Honor Club, what have you, um, and it's, you know, not a weekly TV show, and, you know, we'll see what, what, what ends up happening. Very, very interesting. Uh, I, I think, yeah, I think we're going to get more of that PWG style, that GCW, like you said, that traditional indie feel where there's not a set roster of Ring of Honor wrestlers. If it comes back, that's going to be what it looks like for sure, man. Yep. I 100% agree. Yep. Here's a dark horse. Yep. Go ahead. Sorry, here's a dark horse to come off the top rope, and this is probably more fantasy than reality. But what if, Boris one Paul Levesque heals up and actually gets to buy his ring of honor, the real ring of honor. Dude, that would be, and I thought of that and I was going to put that in my article, but I didn't want to go, you know, I didn't want to go full insane in it. Um, that <laughs> did come up in my, in my thoughts, right? Like we've yes. scoffed at that idea anytime it comes up on the SNME boards, but this is an actual reality at this point. You know, I, I don't know what a ring of honor would be worth, but, you know, Uncle H might have a couple aces up his sleeve. I'm sure he's got a lot of money. I don't know if he's got Ring of Honor money. I may have to tell on that one. But, yeah, it's some tinfoil hat shit, Boris. But stranger things have happened in this wrestling business than Triple H just up and buying Ring of Honor. Exactly. It'd just be crazy. It'd be insane. But, yeah, that's Ring of Honor. Um, anything else you want to touch on Ring of Honor before we move on to the main event, which is our top 10 list of Halloween Havoc matches? Uh, yeah, just again, like the, the hack that hit Sinclair was like really bad. Like they couldn't air actual like NFL games in some markets. Like they, they, I think even still they're having trouble airing all the correct ads and like they're losing ad revenue and it's just, yeah, it's, it's a big disaster that could really change the way that company has to operate going forward. So it, it, there's no telling, like, like don't undersell that, that hacking situation as to like Sinclair is kind of screwed badly here. So the ring of honors ownership really, really realistically is probably going to change. I think. Yeah. More than likely. We'll see what happens. But yeah, that's Ring of Honor. At the end of the day, all I want is for every employee, every wrestler to just land on their feet ASAP. That's really all I ask for. 
Yeah, man. Uh, in an ideal world, that's what's going to happen. They have a lot of talent. They have a lot of talent. Like you can, we can sit there and go through the roster. Maybe we should do that next week. Actually, go through the Ring of Honor roster, see who has ended up where, and uh, you know what might happen. Yep, exactly. I think that's a great idea because we love our list here on BAM, and we're going to end the show with a list. Matt, it's all yours. Yes, sir. The spooky season, Boris, is in full effect. It is October. It is late October. Uh, we're, we're sitting here watching horror movies. I watched The uh, the Bird with the Crystal Plumage, 1970 Italian horror last night. It's really dope. It was a really good movie. Very cool. Very cool. Anyway, um, top 10 Boris Halloween Havoc matches of all time. This covers both NXT and WCW slash NWA Halloween Havoc shows dating back to, I believe, 1989. All right, let's do this. Number 10, the most recent match on this list from a couple days ago, Imperium versus MSK for the NXT Tag Team titles in a spin-the-wheel-make-the-deal Lumberjack-O-Lantern match. Three and a half uh, spooky, spooky, spooky ghosts out of five, Boris. Yep, it's kind of funny because last week we're like, there's no way NXT 2.0 is going to give us a, a, a match that's going to crack the top 10 list. But here we go. That match honestly was great. Um, and yeah, I, I agree that you put this in. But I do want to touch on one little thing. What match got bumped from the list? Yeah, so off the post, match number 11 was, I believe it was from Halloween Havoc 1997, I want to say. It was Yuji Nagata versus the Ultimo Dragon. Uh, that actually was number 10 on the list until it got bumped from Imperium. Uh, I would also say that was a three and a half star kind of match. But yeah, I think this one was better. Some people said that this uh, this Lumberjack match was takeover quality. That can mean a lot of things. I wouldn't have called it a great match, but very good. 70% solid B here in Canada. Beauty. All right, let's move forward. Match number nine from last year's NXT Halloween Havoc. The opener of that show, Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano in a Devil's Playground match for the NXT North American title, Boris. Yep, this match was great. I really enjoyed this match a lot. Um, uh, yeah, this was a good one because uh, we got the ghost face, we got everything. You know, it was, it was, a, it was a, such a different world back then, my friend. Yeah, Ghostface ended up, I believe, unmasking to be Austin Theory, wasn't it? That we saw at the end of the day, and then the way was born. Yep, that was the that was the birth of the way. Interesting, interesting stuff. So yeah, twenty one minutes, really good match where you went three and a half spider webs out of five, seventy percent spooky percentage. Boris, it was a B, very good match. All right, next up. This is where the uh, the rating system of BAM comes into play, where we don't just look at the in-ring stunts, the in-ring action of a match. We look at the greater package, the uh, the commentary, the the production, both in like terms of camera work, but actually like the way the match has been put together, and. Uh, the total package, Lex Luger, as we say. So we're going back to NWA Halloween Havoc 1989 for this one. It is an electrified Thunderdome cage match. The Great Muda and Terry Funk versus Ric Flair and Sting. Bruno Sammartino is the special referee. Boris, four scares out of five. Tell me I'm wrong. 
yeah, no, this match, I, it's funny, I watched this match a few years ago for the first time, and I really enjoyed it, it was a really good match, and, you know, it's just, it's crazy how, you know, we can still compare matches of that era to this era, and kind of put them together in a list, because wrestling is timeless to a certain extent. Yeah, and like, again, like, if you're uh, grading on the the in-ring gymnastics that are going on, the uh, the previous two matches were better than this one, but if you're looking at wrestling as theater, I think this was great pro wrestling, and I wouldn't call the other matches great. Anyway, so yeah, the the idea of this is it's an electrified cage, Boris, but only the top portion is electrified. So it's not like you can shock your opponent uh, when they get whipped into the cage. It's to prevent people from getting out. And to sell this, they actually did a really clever thing at the start of the match where there was like spider webs and such decorating the top of the cage, and one of them sets on fire, and the Great Muda has to go up and poison mist the fire to put it out i love that that's beautiful all right let's let's keep going yeah anyway check this match out if you haven't it's it's great wacky fun sting is swinging from the cage with a rope like tarzan it's absolutely crazy just a bunch of wacky fun classic nwa main event next up number seven on the list dean malenko versus Rey mysterio jr wcw cruiserweight title from halloween havoc 1996 we're going to go four werewolves out of five for this one, Boris. It was a great wrestling match. Yeah, this match was awesome. I remember watching this match live, man. And it was I loved it back then. Watched it as an adult. Loved it more, understanding you know the, the sport a little more. Such a good match. Yes. If you haven't seen this match, go back and watch it. Even if you have seen this match, go back and watch it. And just remember how fantastic Dean Malenko was. So good. Like, this is a forgotten gem, and it's not the best Malenko versus Mysterio match. It's not the best Mysterio Halloween Havoc match, but it's, this is a forgotten gem. Malenko versus Mysterio what's from scary, 96. What's scary and spooky funny is the fact that Marie Mysterio is still wrestling. <laughs> and still putting out bangers every yeah. now and then. Not like this. Not like this every week. Back in WCW 96, 97, he was doing this almost every week, man. Every week. Every week he would do this. Him, Guerrero, Benoit, Malenko, every single week. Uh, Absolutely insane. Moving on, number six, Cactus Jack versus Vader in a spin-the-wheel-make-the-deal Texas death match. Boris, we're going four and a quarter ghouls out of five. It's an 85%. It's a safe A. Uh, Dave Meltzer rated this match and you can look this up four and three quarters back before he didn't give over five stars back when five stars meant a hundred percent and the best ever. He gave this four and three quarters. Interesting. Very interesting. I don't recall this match to be honest. I don't, I don't recall if I've seen this one. This is uh, in Mick Foley's book. He talks about actually being pretty depressed coming into this match, not knowing about his wrestling future, not being booked on many future shows. And he came up with a spot in this match that he wanted to commit career suicide on. He thought it might hurt him and destroy him to the point where he couldn't wrestle anymore. And that was, and it's crazy that this is Mick Foley's idea, considering the crazier stuff that he would do after that. But he puts a sleeper hold on Vader and he wants Vader to do the jumping backwards, like sit out bomb on the, on the ramp. Oh yeah. Which is, which is crazy and disgusting, but like Foley would come up with far sicker stuff than that later on in his career. Or other people would do it to him. (laughs) Oh man. 
Anyway, anyway, so yeah, obviously that move did not end the great Cactus Jack. This was like a very sloppy match, but it was so wild. And at the time in 1993, uh, luminaries such as Dave Meltzer thought it was one of the best things he'd ever seen in wrestling. So I might be underrating it at four and a quarter, but yeah, Halloween Havoc 1993, spin the wheel, make the deal, Cactus Jack versus Vader. Excellent. Let's keep going. Number five, tables, ladders, and scares match. Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai from last week's, hall or last year, sorry, last year's Halloween Havoc 2020. I said at the time, four and a quarter stars, four and a quarter ghouls out of five, and the greatest women's ladder match I'd ever seen. Agreed. Agreed 100%. I remember this match really well. Like, it, I can just, like, just vividly recall a lot of the match. And that uh, the Candice LeRae bump at the very end of the match was just disgusting. Um, almost as bad as, or maybe not as bad, or almost as bad as Io's bump from uh, this week. I actually think, like, Candice's bump probably hurt more and was worse, but Io's looked more dangerous. Yeah. From last uh, from last week, yeah. But last year's actually probably was more dangerous and hurt more. <laughs> yeah. I uh, just just with my own eyes, that's kind of how it looked. But yeah, one spot I did totally forget in this match is that Candice pulls a table out of the ring, and on that table there's a bag, and she dumps out the bag, and it's full of human remains. <laughs> oh yeah. It was full of body parts, and Io Shirai hit Candice Lorraine with an arm. That's amazing. I love that. I love I, I love cheesy <laughs> stuff like that sometimes. Anyways. So yeah, I, I stand by my four and a quarter rating on that one. Moving on. Nasty Boys versus Steiner Brothers for the NWA United States Tag Team Titles. NWA Halloween Havoc 1990. Four and a quarter vampires out of five. This was a tag team hoss battle. Yep, four and a quarter. Braun Breakers with two Ks out of five. <laughs> Four and a quarter Chucky dolls out of five on this one, big homie. Yep, I like this match. I remember watching this match like uh, when I was younger, and then again I watched it. I want to say even last year or something like or the year before, and 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 it it holds up, right? Like it honestly holds up. It's not the prettiest of matches. It's also not Headshrinkers versus Steiner Brothers uh, WrestleMania nine ninety three, but it, <laughs> it's 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 sloppy, but it's good sloppy. Absolutely. It's, it's the Steiner brothers versus the nasty boys who are the nasty boys are like some of the worst wrestlers to ever be famous and good. They were terrible. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But, but they were great nasty boys. You know, they were great nasty boys and absolutely terrible in ring workers. Uh, number three. And man, I actually wrestled with this. I may have underrated it, but at the end of the day, I did think number two was better and I'm going to leave it here. It's it's four and a quarter. Jack Skellington's out of five, Boris. It is Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. World title steel cage retirement match. Halloween Havoc 1994. Mr. T is the referee. Muhammad Ali is in the crowd watching intently. They treated this like a big deal. Bobby the Brain Heenan is giving like the B-plus Diet Coke version of 1992 Royal Rumble commentary. It's not that good because nothing will ever be that good. But it's still, if he did this commentary performance today, people would like go insane for it as one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah, I remember this match really well actually, um, and this one, this one was really well, and it had like you said that big match feeling, which is something that you know I remember distinctly even at that time thinking WWF doesn't do this. This is kind of cool. 
Exactly right. This is right on the border of classic. Uh, much like the next match, right on the border of classic. And I was wrestling, like, do I make it like the four and a half? That's what we say, 90%. It's an all-time classic. You can't fuck with it. And I'm not sure that I would put these two matches on that level, but they're very, very close. Uh, I might be underrating this at four and a quarter Jack Skellington's, Boris. Next up, another one. That was very, very tough for me to, to figure out, but I'm going to go with four and a quarter, 85%, safe A, great pumpkins out of five. Diamond Dallas Page versus Goldberg, WCW Halloween Havoc, 1998. Yep, this match was awesome. This match was fun. This is quintessential Goldberg. This is quintessential DDP. It was just a fun match. And especially when you think of, you know, this is 1998, and it didn't really involve the NWO. At all. At all. This was uh, WCW versus WCW. This was one of the last great WCW uh, moments was this match. And ironically, Halloween Havoc 98 went off the air early and the vast majority of people didn't see it. It actually ended up being a huge disaster. And people don't remember how instrumental Halloween Havoc 98 was in WCW's downfall. That was a pretty clear sign that we were no longer in good hands with this yeah. company, you know? I remember like watching this illegally with the illegal cable box and it it flickered for a little bit, but then we were back here on Viewer's Choice Canada and everything was good. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you for getting the extended cut, the viewer's choice, the extended pay-per-view uh, block there. But yeah, DDP versus Goldberg, it's it's there on the internet. You can just type in DDP Goldberg and like six or seven videos will come up. Watch it if you haven't. And you want to talk about big fight feel, like Michael Buffer doing those two intros for Goldberg for Diamond Dallas Page. Tell me that doesn't get your blood pumping. Man, I was walking around the house all of a sudden. I'm washing dishes. I'm like, yeah, these intros are still going on. How am I in the kitchen? What's going on? I had yeah. to go back to the living room and watch the match. But yeah, it just gets your blood a pumping. Yep. Uh, Michael Buffer was great at his job. He really was. He was so good. He was so fun. And like you said, he added to that big match feeling. That I know we've said, we say this a lot, but there's something to be said about that in professional wrestling. It's theater, man. At the end of the day, if you can't get the big fight feel in the fake sport, then you're you're doing it wrong. Um, next up, there's a good chance, sports, that this is the best sub 15 minute match ever in wrestling. There's a chance you could call it that. This is a safe five stars. This is a hundred percent. This is an all time classic. You can't fuck with it. Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Eddie Guerrero, mask versus title, WCW Cruiserweight Championship, Halloween Havoc 1997. It's still a classic. It yep. still holds up. Yep. This is one of my favorite Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio matches, period. If you put, if you made me go like with one wrestling match to a desert island, this is high on the list. If you gave me five, I'm pretty sure I'm bringing this one. I'm yep. pretty sure it makes the five. Hundred percent, hundred percent guaranteed, and agree with you there. So there's there's just two moments I really want to highlight, and that's the uh, the front flip over the top rope, Hurricane Rana, the Tope Con Hero Rana, and the springboard moonsault DDT. Neither of those moves had been seen before in wrestling. I am almost 100% sure about the, the tope, and I am 100% sure about the moonsault DDT because I don't think it's been done since properly. Yeah. A lot of people try that move. Mysterio himself tried it over and over. I don't think it was ever, ever done like it was at Halloween Havoc 1997. 
Yeah, agreed, hundred percent. And this, yeah, this match was such a class. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna watch this match again when we're done recording this. Oh man, I'm telling you, you should. And we talk about the pillars commentary, super duper on point. The uh, the presentation, super duper on point. This match has it all, and it's a quick watch. It's under 15 minutes. I'm telling you, five stars, perfect pro wrestling presentation. Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. Oh God, bless Eddie Guerrero. What a legend he was. You really, man. It's, uh... One of the few wrestlers that, like, I absolutely miss. Oh, man. I remember watching uh, with my mom and sisters, watching the Eddie Guerrero Raw where he passed away and all of us bawling. All yeah. of us just crying. Like, and they didn't even love wrestling. Like, they knew of Eddie Guerrero because I watched a lot of wrestling. But just it was so sad. He was so young. They knew Guerrero. Guerrero and Mysterio were their favorites just because they're so entertaining. How could yep. you not love those guys? Exactly. And it was just, yeah. Just absolute, like all four of us, just I remember crying and crying. And yeah, man, what what a legend, Eddie Guerrero. Man, he died on November 13th. Uh, that's coming up, the the anniversary. It's going to be like, what is it, almost 16 years now? Yep, yep, yep. And uh, the 11th, I'm actually thinking we should probably do the top something Eddie Guerrero matches. I love it, man. Yeah. Shout out, maybe even just top 10 Eddie. And we'll be talking about this one. This might be his, his greatest achievement. That's an awesome list, man. Awesome, awesome list. Well, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Who doesn't love a good list? Yeah, hopefully once we, uh, we'll start throwing a couple of these on YouTube in the coming year. Yep, that's the plan. That's the hope. That's what we're striving to do along with so many other stuff. So if you're listening to this on the SNME radio feed, uh, thank you so much for being a patron. Um, if you are listening to this on the BAM Sports Entertainment feed, uh, again, I want to thank you just as much. But check out SNME Radio if you're a fan of the wrestling. Um, join the Patreon. There's one wrestling show a day, and all it costs is $1 a week for $1 a month. And you get one wrestling show a day, including SmackDown, Raw, Impact, or not Impact, Dynamite, <laughs> Rampage reviews, including NXT, and then this smorgasbord of, of everything and anything that we chat, watch in professional wrestling with a dash of sports. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, there's some tough stuff to cover today, but I think we did a good job, buddy. Thank you very much to anyone who listened. And yeah, we're always up for suggestions, especially for retro content. Uh, we love watching some old stuff here at BAM. Yep, exactly. And as you know, he's Matt. I'm Boris. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah.